I'm going to just take a, a few minutes here and share a passage with you. It's one that you know. Let me remind you, Philip will come and, and we'll, I won't be before you very long. Re- remember next Sunday, uh, two services, 945 and 6 p.m. Uh, invite someone with you. We'll be, uh, we'll be together with the, our Hispanic service. Instead of them meeting in the afternoon, we'll be all meeting together in both services next week. So you can bring folks who, uh, they can, listen, bring people who know Chinese, Russian, Yugoslavian, Spanish, it don't matter. We'll, we'll get it all translated for them and they'll be blessed. Amen. All right. John three sixteen. It's a very common passage. Listen to what it says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. I can say without question from the the time that we started CTC, there was no other heartbeat for me than for people to know that there is a God who created the planet and created each one of us who wanted to have a love relationship. That's the heartbeat of God, and that's actually been the heartbeat uh, of our ministry, is to trumpet that, to declare that sound, that the only begotten Son, God's only begotten Son, was given to us that we may have everlasting life. Anytime we hear this passage, though, and it's so common, uh, it almost sometimes not gives, gets the attention that it should. And, and maybe a little bit of what I'm going to say to you is, is honestly kind of maybe going back to kindergarten, um, preschool, where you're learning your ABCs, because it is a common passage, and most of us know what it means. But how many know it's good sometimes to, to go back to the place where you know you first believed, where you first got a hold of your faith and got a hold of what Christ was saying? If, if I had the time to preach this message entirely, the title would be Love Came Down. That's kind of what the children expressed today is that love came down. It, it was unbelievable. The story as a whole, even as they shared here today by many, was just unbelievable. But, but God did come down. And it's not that God came down to something that was lovable. As a matter of fact, the earth, the world that we live in is, is full of sin, is full of hatred. There are good people and there are some good things. But generally speaking, the earth has enmity, has had hatred. Uh, there's a lot of violence. There's a lot of hostility. That was no different. It's no different now than it was when, when Jesus came. But he made a decision to come down. And when John described this, he says, God so loved the world. In another passage, he said, what manner of love is this? In, in other words, in neither case, in, in John chapter 3 and in 1 John 3, John never really could find the right word to describe how much love God had. The best he could do is so love the world. When I was thinking about this, I was, I was thinking about Norman and Every now and then, Norman would try to describe something, and he can't find the words. And, and I said, well, 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 what are you trying to say? He said, Dad, it's big time. It's big time. And I thought about this. God's love for us is big time. I mean, it's just big time love that he came down to, to deliver us. This is what the scripture says, that this love that we have that has been shared to us It comes out of no one but God himself. Just think about the source of love. It it emanates from the eternal throne. God's heart, the love pours out 
from him. This everlasting love, it springs from the eternal. It's an infinite love that he ever pours out upon us that our hearts may be filled. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, Dear friends, love comes from God. And why is that? For God is love. God is love. And love comes from him. And it's because of that the scripture says that every one of us can have eternal life. And it's a gift. The word of the Lord says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. It's a love that spares nothing. It, it, it spends itself entirely upon its object. God loved us indeed. He spared nothing. 1 John 3.16 says this, We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. We also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and our sisters. Think about this for a moment. Consider what the gift was. Because sometimes we do look at love as a noun and think of, uh, sorry, love as a, as a verb. And, and it is. Love is a verb. Love is an action word. But in this case, love is more than just a verb. Love is a person. Love is a person. For us, expressing love is an action. But this gift of love is a person. The Father gave us his son himself, his very self. There's a song that I think we'll soon sing. I know we talk about it a lot. It says, love has a name. Victory has a name. Joy has a name. And that name is Jesus. The name that's lifted up forever. The name that shakes the earth, that shakes the heaven, the hope for every heart, the savior of the world. Love has a name. And that name is Jesus. But I, I want you also to think about something. When did God actually give up his son? Think about that for a moment. When did he give up his son? We know that it was the internal purpose of God. It was the eternal purpose of God to give his son up, to manifest himself in flesh that he may save the world. That was the plan from God from the beginning. So when you think about that for a moment, Think about the fact that when John 3.16 was written and when it was, sorry, when it was, when it was happening, it was Nicodemus, uh, Jesus was talking to Nicodemus. And that is not when God had made the decision to give his son up. He made the decision to give his son up long before that. That determination had happened in the foundation of the world. Romans says it like this. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. It wasn't after the fact that people got right. It wasn't after the fact when people made it worth God sending his son. It was done at the very beginning of time. But I even want to go one step further than that. And, and I want you to think about this for a moment. Oftentimes, many of us are moved to do an act of benevolence. We see a need and we act upon it. Or we hear about something and we act upon it. Oftentimes, if we have time to think about what that act will cost us, sometimes we may change our mind or we may justify it or we may see somebody else take care of it and then we don't have to if we have time. But if we just see something and act upon it, it's a benevolence. But I want you to think about this. From the very beginning of the world, God knew that he was going to give his son. 
I want you to put yourself in the place of God the Father. Every single moment, he recognizes, he knows his son is going to go down to earth and he's going to suffer. Thousands of years in our time, God had to contemplate the unbearable sight of his son dying on the cross. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. It's one thing to make it, see something to have a need and do it right then and it's done and it's over. It's another thing to think about making a great painful sacrifice and have to see it every single day and still follow through with the sacrifice. You know, I was thinking yesterday when I was, I was talking to Karina and Virginia and I said, what came to my mind was a number of women will make a decision that when their child is born, they're going to give the child up for adoption. But then when they hold the child, they make the decision to keep the child because they can't do it. The connection, the love, what they see, what they feel. At that moment, they decide they can't do it. The father for thousands of years with our time saw what he knew his son was going to go through and still gave his son up as a sacrifice for us. And that's why the scripture says this, God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. This is the love that came down. This is the love that is the part of God's plan for salvation of the world. And this is the love that God has made available to every one of us. Listen to me on this. There is not a person who is still breathing. My grandfather used to say, and this is when I was still very much believing things about certain acts and didn't have a full grasp on the gospel and sometimes would bring a statement of condemnation about people because of what I saw or what I heard or what, what they exercised and one time we were sitting at a table and I was talking about someone and he said son let me tell you as long as blood is still flowing in his veins the God that we serve can still save him the God that we serve can still save him. And I'm here to tell you that this God has come down that every one of us might have eternal life. He didn't leave anybody out. The scripture is real clear. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And I like this fact of the save for eternity. Save for eternity. Think about that for a moment. When save for eternity means just that. When, if for some reason or another, I was going to live 95 or 100 years, that still doesn't compare to eternity. When you finish my funeral and you walk away and they say Tyrone's gone, he's still living for eternity. For some reason or another, if you say we miss him so bad, go dig him up and you get to that rotten body, I'm still living for eternity. When all is said and done, I'm still living 
out longer than anyone who lived 110 years, anyone who's, who's, who's lived this life and still looking to try to make this life work here on earth. When I'm dead and gone, I'm already living for eternity. Because God is an eternal God. So as long as God is eternal, I'm eternal because we have eternal life in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, it's a great exchange. It's a great life. It's a great commitment. It's a commitment that you're saying, and it's, it's simple trust. Honestly, committing your life to God is it's really simple because you're called to trust in the one who's already proven to you that he always keeps his promises. It's pretty simple, honestly. It's pretty easy. It's trusting in the God who created the planet. It's trusting in the God who created you. I, I hate to use Steve Harvey in an illustration, but he said something yesterday that I thought was really good. He, Steve Harvey says, I don't know why you won't trust God. Because just the very fact that you're sitting here is the proof that whatever you've been through, God is already helping you through it or is taking you through it even right now. It's a real simple trust. Love came down. Everybody stand. I'm not going to hold you much longer. I do want you to do this. though. I want you to touch the hand of the person next to you, if you don't mind, or whatever you're comfortable with. And we're going to pray. We're going to go into the doxology after this and prepare tonight, prayer, prayer, prayer tonight. But I want to pray. I, I don't know your situation, don't know your condition, but you know it. And you may not know the person whose hand you're holding or know where they are in Christ, but I'm, I'm going to say a prayer for every one of us that whatever God is doing, that we will embrace that. Some of you already know Christ and you know him as Lord and Savior and, and God is constantly cultivating our life so that we may be more like him. We want to be conformed to the image of Christ. That will do. Some are here and, and you, you had a relationship with God, but you just kind of walked away. You walked away. God still loves you. We still love you. I'm going to take a chance and say the person who's holding your hand still loves you. You can always come back home. You can come back home to the house of God, but you can always go back to that eternal place with the God, with God our Father whom you know, who's shown you so much love. You don't have to keep living outside of relationship with him. That's already been provided with God coming down. And finally, there may be somebody who has never made a commitment to the Lord, never made a commitment to Christ. And I'm telling you, this love that has come down to you is irresistible. It's a true saying. It's another thing my grandfather used to say. Sooner or later, you're going to come out, you're going to come out with your hands up. You might as well come out now. I mean, sooner or later, you're going to surrender to the Lord God Almighty because he's calling you. Father, I want to thank you for the opportunity we've had. The children have done amazing. Rennell and her team, fantastic. What a message we get out of that. We thank you for their work, their efforts, their ministry to us. We also thank you, Lord God, for the word and, and just absolutely being able to witness your great love through sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. You gave yourself. And Lord, we're so grateful. Your love came down that those of us who do have a relationship with you can continue to grow in that. And Father, I pray that over this house, 
that we continue to grow and cultivate in the life that you've provided for us. Your love came down that those who know you and maybe for some reason or other have walked away or not in relationship and not in fellowship, your love came down for them. May this be the day they decide I'm going back home. I'm going back home. I'm returning to the stronghold. I'm going back to Jesus and live my life before him. And Lord, there may be somebody here who's never made that commitment. May your love continue to draw them and work on them and bring them to that place of total submission where they come to know how awesome your love is. Lord, in, the, in yeah, John said, so loved. Norman says, big time love. Lord, let it be a big time love that overwhelms their heart and their mind and they surrender to you. Father, I pray your blessing upon us throughout this day that you may be glorified. We look forward to gathering this evening and worshiping and praying and seeking you. May it be a good day. May it be a glorious day. May we be reminded of how good you are and may we share that out with others, inviting people, telling them about your goodness and grace around with our family and friends. May Christ be glorified through us. In Jesus' name, may the people of God say amen.